Hello and welcome to the 122nd FIS Freight and Commodity Podcast on Wednesday 15th of March. I'm Mopani, you can call me Mo, and this podcast is here to bring you guests who update you on the commodity complex. You can also stay up to date with our daily commentary and weekly analysis on everything going on by signing up for our app FIS Live. And you can also follow our Twitter page at Freight Investor or find us on LinkedIn. We always appreciate your feedback and ideas. If you happen to have some questions you'd like us to answer, please leave a comment on our post or email us at news at freightinvestor.com. You're also welcome to share feedback and ideas or even feature as a guest or perhaps recommend one. Now, last week we had a great discussion on the price dynamics of EUAs and how shippers can manage their carbon risk. I strongly recommend you go check it out if you haven't already listened to it. Uh, it's episode 121 released on Wednesday, the 8th of March. Now, today we're just going to keep it short and brief uh, as a daily update or weekly update, sorry, as we focus on the impact on commodities by the Silicon Valley bank collapse and takeover. So let's start with an update on the Ferris complex from Hao in Shanghai. Hey, Hao. Hi, Mo. Now, how would you see the connection between uh, the Silicon Valley Bank issue and uh, the ferrous slash industrial commodities? What, what are your thoughts on that? This is the most upset and sleepless thing in financial market over the weekends. Moreover, Credit Suisse has identified a material weakness. The market was light sensitive to the failure of the banks. Investment market naturally indicated risk appetite change shifting from commodities and equities market to gold, silver, cash, or Japanese yen. However, after the resolution of these banks' issues, commodities markets should go back to their own logic. There is logically no direct impact between this failure to ferrous or any other commodities. If we were assuming a bank system failure or financial crisis in, let's say, next few months, then no commodity or any of the assets can survive then okay moving on uh the ino index was refreshing new highs uh for several months or new highs of several months now do you think this is consistent there were growing questions related to the consistency of iron ore price from unofficial surveys but it could be an interesting risk warning sign that investors were thinking about the healthiness or rationale behind this growth. As discussed, we have seen a biggest round of increase in 2021, which lasted for five and a half months roughly, which was linked to an inflation, investment, and global steel uptick. Similarly, the shortage of semi-finished materials, scrap well supported iron ore in the long run. However, the difference is there are more supply from four major miners and mid-small miners compared to 2021. In addition, house stimulus is more like a support instead of expansion during the year. As a result, the strategies on houses look very similar to previous month during the MPC, which in fact failed some market expectation. Nothing new was published or nothing more, uh, no more stimulus came out during the uh, National uh, Party Conference. 
Moreover, the daily trading volume and other books on steels yet to show a better performance even compared with 2022, which when cities were under impact of pandemic. I will doubt the resilience of price if iron or steel in a stable demand or in line with the demand in February. I mean, if we don't see any marginal demand to surprise this market, then there is no point for a commodity to hike for half year without a real structural difference. We even heard rumor that China, a Chinese government will set a roof protection target, but we're not sure it's based on energy consumption or uh, the total units produced at this time point, um, at this time stand. Thank you, Hal, for that lovely and brief update. Thanks, Mo. Um, so next up, we've got Ed Hutton, our technical analyst. Um, how are you doing, Ed? I'm good, thank you, Mo. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for joining us last minute. I appreciate that. Um, and, okay. and I guess just to follow on with the theme, with what's happened with the Silicon Valley Bank, uh, what impact are you seeing on your side uh, with Commodity Complex? Well, I think what part of the issue you'll be you have with the commodities is like how it's going to affect the dollar. What's going to happen with interest rates going forward? Will um, the Fed continue to uh, raise hikes at the next meeting, like they'd initially indicated, or will they follow Goldman's calls that we should, you know, maybe delay um, any rate hike to what happens? Obviously, if they continue to rate hikes, um, hike rates even, then you know it, it will be have positive for the dollar it will possibly put more pressure onto the commodity sector. But it, it goes further than that because obviously the banking sector uh, you know, is back in focus after 15 years since we saw um, the meltdown in 2008. I don't think we're, we're going to be seeing something to the scale of the Lehman Brothers Fair Stern situations that we had previously. But it does bring into focus the risks that are involved with it spread how exposed are these banks? We've obviously seen, you know, 100 billion was wiped off the banking sector in the States, but they've caught some of that back already. You know, Biden's come out, President Biden's come out, and he's saying, you know, deposits are safe, etc. So I don't think we're going to see the same spread, but what it has done and what we have seen is basically, you know, when we get these, these this uncertainty in the market, you get volatility. And whether you like it or not, if you've got exposure, you have to reduce your risk because the volatility is increasing. And I think that's what we've seen. I mean, you've seen the, the S&P 500, it's down 6, 6.5% in the last five, six sessions. So there's been a risk off there. We've seen in oil, this worry that where will it spread, you know, in the sense of is there, is there a greater risk to the global economy? And we, so we've seen oil come off on the back of that. I would argue that Oil's downside move, excuse me, I need to take a drink. I would suggest that oil's downside move was already in play because we've been in a symmetrical triangle. My wave cycle is bearish. So we've seen that breakdown. And, you know, oil's had a significant move and it's back trading, you know, sub $80. So uh, that's highlighting the uncertainty in the market. But what we've seen, interestingly, in the metal sector is, you know, how does this affect what will happen? And the answer is, they don't know. Is this going to have a negative effect, positive effect? I mean, arguably, it's not great, but how bad is it? So what we've kind of seen, like copper has been a classic example. It's just not moving. It's now been, it's, uh, since the 7th of March, it's been sitting in the same range, and it looks like it's going to stay there until things calm down a little little bit. 
the freight market's a bit different because this is China-driven. And so obviously we've seen very bullish price action there in the last few days, which, I mean, look at the case. We've seen a 141% move in, in 16 days, I think it is. And we're starting to correct here now in, 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 in the futures for the time being. They look like that they've exhausted this phase of their cycle and they're going to they're going to come lower. Does are we expecting the market to go back to where it was? I doubt it. My view on that would be that interestingly, this hasn't been uh, one of these cape movements where we've seen a fleet displacement where all the ships are in the wrong basin. This has been a move that has come from the supermax sites to move higher. They were the first one to turn turn bullish. Then the Panamax, then the capes. So it's started from the bottom up, which I kind of like see in shipping because it, it suggests that the sector is a little bit more supported across the base rather than just one move in 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 the, in the cape size for me that's quite important will it we, will we go on to see a larger upside move later in the year i think we possibly will you know seasonality say says that the market is bullish i know that there will be less steel production coming out of china by the sounds of it reporting on bloomberg today but they've been gradually doing that for the last few years as they look to clean up um their environment a little bit but i still think that you know if you leave iron ore to its natural courses course um it could easily trade up to like the 140 150 level will it trade up there i'm very doubtful because the intervention by the regulatory authorities over there have resulted in basically buy side appetite waning um if i look at that technical now it's bullish it's finished its minimum requirement for cycle completion on paper, if we didn't have Chinese authorities saying, you know, prices are too high, then you could could have gone on a bullish run. But it's not looking like that. And we have technical indicators saying that we're starting to exhaust and by side momentum is weakening. So I think we could be seeing a bit of a correction coming in on iron ore. We're seeing the same correction that's going to be coming in on Kate. So I think longer term that the, the freight market, is uh, going to hold. I think it could well do, as I said. It, this move starts from the bottom up, and so that gives me a little bit of hope. It, it needs more analysing. We'll have to see more about how far it corrects. So it's a little bit too early to tell, but right now I would suggest that support levels are vulnerable, and if it does move higher, it, it, its upside could be limited in the near term. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ed. I appreciate your time, as always. Looking forward to having you next time as well. Okay, perfect. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's it for the week, folks. If you want to stay up to date with everything happening in the freight and commodity space, remember to sign up for our app, FIS Live, or follow us on Twitter at Freight Investor, or find us on LinkedIn. And if you'd like to give us any feedback or suggestions, email us at news at freightinvestor.com. You've been hearing from Mo. Have a great week.
Thanks, Al.